Perception, Perception is reality. Reality. Well, hello there, folks, and welcome to this 171st episode of Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbury. It's great to be talking with you. Thank you for giving me a little bit of your time and clicking on the link to the show. I feel like this episode is going to be fire. It's going to be a great episode. It's going to fire you up. It's going to ignite your passion just like it did mine when I heard the information that kicked off this episode episode, it's going to be fantastic. I feel like when you hear what we're going to be talking about, you will say, this is why I listen to this show. This is why I want to get educated. This is why I want to get involved and to make a difference. This is why we must better ourselves, better our communities, and better our government through our own citizen involvement. When you hear about the disgusting examples, the disgusting examples of government overreach and piss-poor governing that you will probably ever hear, you're going to be as angry as I was when I first heard about it. Okay, we're going to get into all of that in just a moment, but first, I need to talk to you all about a new sponsor here at the podcast. We just recently picked this sponsorship up, and I am proud to be connected with them, and I think it's going to be a great fit. For all of you Second Amendment lovers out there, for the Second Amendment supporters and defenders out there, this sponsorship is for you. The National Concealed Carry Association. No matter whether you are a hunter, a competition shooter, a collector, or if you just want to be able to defend yourself, your loved ones, and any innocent bystanders out there that you are connected with and to and around all day and every day, this sponsorship is for you. You're going to want to check these guys out, and you can find them online at nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com. The National Concealed Carry Association exists to serve the Second Amendment community by providing a nationwide network of 2A advocates. They offer elite self-defense and concealed carry training from the nation's top instructors and provide rock-bottom prices on the best selection of gear and accessories. The NCCA serves those who honor and value our God-given right to own a firearm and endeavors to promote a community that is welcoming to firearm owners of all experience levels. Ladies and gentlemen, that is the National Concealed Carry Association. You'll want to check them out on their website at nationalconcealedcarryassociation.com and on social media. Check them out. I promise you will not be disappointed. They are a fantastic website and have lots to offer. All right, getting back to episode 171, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Goat Yoga. Earlier in the week, someone close to me sent me an article from Reason.com, and I read this article, and I was absolutely incensed. I was crazy, I was pissed off, and I said, 
I need to find out where these people are. I need to make contact with the people that were talked about in the article. I want to have them on the podcast, and I need to help them out. I need to have the listeners hear from these folks. I hope the listeners want to help these people out, and we need to get our asses engaged and in in check so that we can stop this insanity from happening and stop it from happening to anybody else, stop it from happening to our Ourselves and stop it from happening ever again in the future to anyone, anywhere, period. Okay? Just a few moments ago, you heard me do a sponsorship for an organization that helps out supporters of the Second Amendment. And I think that is fantastic. I am definitely a supporter and defender of the Second Amendment. I am a big gun guy. As you know, I am a supporter and defender of the First Amendment. I think that is very important. We need to defend our freedom to free speech. But as you heard me say just a couple episodes ago, I think maybe even in the last episode, I kind of get leery of people who go strong on one right or one amendment over the others because, in my opinion, we shouldn't single them out like that. We need to be as passionate and supportive of all of our rights as Americans because if we focus too heavily on one or the other, we might lose sight of one of these rights back here, the 6th, the 7th, the 4th, the 10th, and all of these rights that people, some people might not even know, well, they might get weakened or they might get slowly whittled away. And we don't want that because it's my opinion, if we let something happen to one of our rights, if one of our rights gets weakened, gets whittled away, gets trampled on, gets taken away or whatever, then that can happen to all of the rights. And yes, we need to defend the freedom of speech most vigorously. I absolutely agree. Yes, we need to defend the Second Amendment, and I believe that with all of my heart and soul. But we need to defend them all. They are all important. And my belief in the American dream and the... the thought that we as Americans have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness or the pursuit of goat yoga, which means whatever makes us happy, we believe that right and it needs to be a cornerstone of our existence. We should all believe in that and that should be the basis of what makes us Americans. We need to defend all of this. All of what makes us Americans and gives us our freedom and all of what gives us the ability to go out here in the world and do what we need to do to live a life that we are happy with and that those around us are happy with and that we can be satisfied with, okay? We need to stand up for all of this. One of the things, however, that I will always Put just a notch higher than almost anything else, however, is property rights. Property rights to me is something that I go crazy about. 
and I don't know if it's because it's what kind of helped kicked off all of this craziness on this journey, meaning I've always been politically active. I've always paid attention to the news and what's going on on the national, state, and local levels. But in the past, meaning when I was 20, when I was 24, when I was 25, I only really cared about what was going on in my world, and I didn't go outside of my world too much, meaning if it didn't specifically affect me, I didn't really worry about it. When all of that changed was about 2014, 2015, 2016, when I started listening to what was going on in my local government when I was wanting to try and fight back against something that they were doing to me and my family and my neighbors trying, in my opinion, to fundamentally change our existence where we lived, and it was something that dealt with property rights. I think that's what got me so fired up, and it's really what put me on the path to make this podcast and to take this journey. So I have a special place in my heart for it, and any time I hear someone is having a property rights issue, a property rights fight, man, I am right there. I am down for defending and being there fighting to the death for the First Amendment, for the Second Amendment, for the Fourth Amendment, for all of our rights and everything that I just talked to you about. But boy, when I hear that it is property rights, that is something that I am going to go just absolutely nuts about. You want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Because property rights, to me, is the end-all, be-all. Why? Because everything else is out in the world doing what we are around others and living in the hustle and bustle of life and all of the madness and the craziness that's out in the world, it's all out there. But at the end of the day, when you drive home and you pull into your driveway and you go up to the door and you turn the key and you walk through the door of your home, whether this is an apartment in the city or whether it's a house in the city or whether it's a trailer someplace or if you live in a ranch-style home out in the county or a big farmhouse or wherever you live, wherever your family lives, wherever you and your husband or wife and children sleep, and play and celebrate birthdays and Christmases. It's where you are safe and sound. It's the place where you are the king of your castle. You are the master of your domain. It's the place where all of the world's craziness cannot get you because you're in your home. You're at the home base. You are where you are safe and sound. And the world, people, the government should not be able to intrude upon that. The world, people, and the government should not be able to come into your bedroom, into your kitchen or your living room, and tell you what you can do inside your home or what you cannot do. They should not be able to come onto your land and tell you what you can do or not do. Now, obviously, there is all sorts of different caveats to that. If you live in the city and you live in an apartment, Obviously, you cannot walk out to the parking lot and fire off a pistol or a shotgun and people think that that's okay because, as we know, 
You have rights, and your rights only go so far as though they do not interfere or intrude upon anyone else's rights. And so obviously, if you live in a house in a neighborhood in the city where it's an urban environment and you go out to the backyard and you shoot a pistol off, chances are that bullet is going to leave your yard and go into several other yards and that could possibly put people in danger. So you understand that and you trade something off for living where you live. You obviously have an opportunity to move to the county where you can set up a property where you can go out and shoot or go out and burn things and we understand that one of the greatest things about being an American and having all of the land that we have in cities and towns and counties and everywhere like we have is you can kind of go where you want and set your home up the way that you want it to be if you want to be around people in the hustle and bustle of the city you can live there if you want to live out in the middle of nowhere up on a mountain, down by the ocean, by a lake someplace, someplace where it's always hot, someplace where it's always cold, someplace where it's just right. You can decide to live there. And wherever you do live, as long as you are following the laws that you cannot interfere and intrude upon anyone else, then no one should be able to do that to you, including the government. Another aspect that makes us uniquely American is the right to be able to chase our dreams. You know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And to some, some people want to create businesses where they can work as their own boss, they can work from home, and they can do as they please in that manner. And that's fantastic. You know the old saying, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life, that kind of thing. It's kind of like what I do. If someone came into my home and said, you can't have a studio, you can't do this podcast here, you're going to have to go get a studio someplace else, well, that would severely impact what I do, and I wouldn't stand for that. Okay, so back to this article, and I will put a link to the article in the description of this episode so that you can all click on it and read the entire article because you're going to want to read all of it. We're just going to hit some highlights and then you can read all of it on your own time, which you're going to want to do because it's just insane. This is from Reason.com. Indiana woman must shut down business after county officials determine her farm isn't zoned for commercial goat yoga or goat snuggling. Jordan Stevens' application to legalize her Happy Goat Lucky yoga business was denied by the Hamilton County's Board of Zoning Appeals last month. This was written by Christian Berzwitzki. Uh, I totally bungled that last name. Get the article, read it. You can say his name however you want to say it. It was written on October 22nd, 2021. It goes on and says, Since the beginning of the pandemic, Jordan Stevens has been running Indiana's only full-time goat yoga operation on her farm in rural Hamilton County. 
She has since been forced to stop offering the service by the planning officials who say her property isn't zoned for goat yoga users. Her application for a zoning variance that would have legalized the business, Happy Goat Lucky Yoga, was also denied by the county. The expense of that process plus the added cost and hassle of not being able to run her business on her own property has Stevens, who suffers from multiple sclerosis, considering shutting down her goat yoga business entirely and applying for disability benefits. This is just insane. She goes on to say, it sucks. They take so much money from people who are already taxpayers, and then we can't even do things that we want on our own property that aren't even hurting anyone else. Steven started Happy Goat Lucky Yoga with her partner in 2018. At the time, they were already raising Nigerian dwarf goats on her family farm. The rising popularity of goat yoga, which I didn't know was a thing until I read this, where people strike traditional yoga poses while goats clamor on around them, presented both a business opportunity and the chance to share her goats with the community. Now, I gotta say... Since I've started all of this, I've looked at pictures of her goats, I've looked into all of this, and it's absolutely amazing. This is something that's going on in many, many different states, and a lot of people are combining this yoga along with petting zoo-type interactions with various animals. Goats are a big hype, and people really like them because the things are so darn cute, and her goats are amazing. I, I've seen pictures of them. They are, they are magnificent. But this is insane. I read this, and I'm hearing of these local officials in Hamilton County that is stopping a young woman from having a homemade, self-created business on a farm in Hamilton County, not in an urban downtown Indianapolis area, but out in the middle of nowhere, having some people come to her home and do yoga with animals that does not hurt anyone. And these appointed officials they're not even elected say nah in just in just a few moments just a few moments they say no we're we're not going to let you do this because we don't know how this is a hardship to you and we're going to talk about all of this i read this article and i want you to go through and read the entire thing and i was so enraged because this happens in so many communities. Elected and appointed officials, a lot of times appointed officials, and there's a difference. Elected officials, if they act in ways that we do not like, we can stand up and push against them. And if they continue acting that way, well, then we can just simply unelect them from office. However, when you go before a board that is made up of appointed officials, you don't have a say in whether they're there really or not. 
Now, you can go back and find out who appointed them, and they are appointed by some elected official one way or somewhere or another, and then you can unelect that appointed a figure, and they can hopefully appoint someone new. But that is a little bit of a process, and it's removed, and these people who are appointed really don't answer to anyone, and it's kind of a perfect storm. You get these boards made up of friends of friends of elected officials, people who are owed quote-unquote political favors, who they think that being on a board is cool, or it's a status symbol, or it pads a resume, it's an end to a career, it's a cherry on top, and so they want to sit on the planning commission, or the board of works, or the, the sanitation district board, so they get an elected official to put them on this because they donated some money, or they let them put a sign up in their business or their yard and they say, hey, old buddy, old pal, remember that time I did da-da-da-da-da? I'd like to sit on a board. So you get people appointed to boards who don't know really anything about what they're doing. They don't truly care. They are not there to benefit the community or benefit the citizens in the community. They are there because it's the icing on top of a long career or it gives them some prestige or it makes them feel like they're powerful. And so they're there and they show up and they listen and they vote the way they're told to vote or they vote the way that their other buddies on the board vote. They really don't put a whole lot of time more effort into it. Now, this is not all people because there are some great people that sit on boards as there are some great elected officials. But we all know there are also piss poor elected officials and there are piss poor board members, people who are not really accountable to anyone other than their buddy who put them there. And that's all that really matters. If the buddy keeps getting elected and the person on the board keeps donating to that election, well, they're going to continue sitting there. And so many citizens are hurt, not just in property rights issues, but all sorts of issues. But this is one where it's terribly egregious because this is a property rights situation. And on top of those people who are sitting on boards with all of that issue that I just talked about, then you have the other side of it where citizens don't really know what all of these boards do. It seems like there's so much red tape to chop through and they don't really know how to do it. You don't know how to fill out the applications. You don't know what the process is. Who has the money to hire an attorney? Who has the money to plop down for all of these applications? Who has the time to take off work and attend these meetings to do this and that? And it's so confusing. You might attend this meeting. You forget to attend, attend this meeting. You might forget to say this or you don't know how to say this. You really just don't know how to muddle through all of this. So when you get up in front of these people, you don't present the best case. You aren't putting your best foot forward. And it's easier for them to say, nope, nope, next, done, bye, see ya. It doesn't matter to us. Shut your shit down. I know it's your property, but we're going to tell you what to do on your property. This is the perfect storm 
This is a horrible situation where random citizen number one in the community is able to lord over and decide what citizen A in the community can do with their land with no real oversight and no one really having an understanding of why this is even happening. And it's disgusting and it's time for us to fight against this because how dare these people be able to tell this young woman what she can and can't do on her farm property. Boy, I wish that I lived in Hamilton County and I ran Happy Goat Lucky Yoga because you know what I would do? I would continue on and I would let them come and shut me down, take all my goats, and I would sue these people and we would have a fight like no one had ever seen before. This is so, so crazy to me. Now, this story is getting national coverage. It's being picked up by news stations and other online social media blogs and posts, and it's being talked about by lots of different people. But because these people are here in the great state of Indiana, I decided to reach out and find out if we could have them join us and talk about this thing that's going on. And guess what? They said yes. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to be joined on the phone by Jordan Stevens, the owner and operator of Hamilton, Indiana's Happy Goat Lucky Yoga Business, and we're going to find out just what the heck is going on down there. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 171st episode of Perception is Reality. I'm your host, Christopher H. Bilberry, and we'll be right back. This portion of the podcast is brought to you by Vital Farms, established in 2007. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Vital Farms' mission is to bring ethical food to the table. They do everything they can to improve the lives of people, animals, and the planet through food. Whether it's giving the girls year-round outdoor access, supporting family farmers, enabling you to trace your eggs back to the farm, or debunking misleading animal welfare claims, you can can always trust Vital Farms to be where honest food is raised. Their pasture-raised eggs, butter, and egg bites are delicious, ethical food that you do not have to question. Vital Farms, where honest food is raised. Check them out at vitalfarms.com today. All right, folks, we are back at it. Episode 171, Perception is Reality. I am your host, Christopher H. Bilbrey, and we are joined currently on the phone with Miss Jordan Stevens. She is the owner and operator of Happy Goat Lucky Yoga out of Hamilton County, Indiana. Jordan, it's great to have you with us. Yeah, thanks for having me. My pleasure. So why don't you give us a little bit of background about what Happy Goat Lucky Yoga is? So it is um, kind of what it sounds like. We have yoga classes. We did have them on our farm and that would just be a beginner level yoga class where we would hire independent contractors as our instructors and they would teach a class and the class would also have around six to eight of our miniature goats that would just 
walk around and hang out with people and make people laugh and have a good time while they also get the benefits of yoga. Where did this idea come from and how long have you been doing this? We started the business in 2018 after they were kind of popping up all over the states and becoming a thing. And I fell in love with my goats that I accidentally got from a livestock auction a few years prior to starting this. And I just fell in love with them. And I saw that was a way that people seemed to want to connect with goats. So I decided to give it a try if, and because I wanted to share my goats with the community because they are amazing animals. So we decided to give that a try and we're doing really well. We ran it for about two years out of a counseling center on their property um, then when COVID hit, we decided to move it out to our farm to do the classes. Very cool. Very good. So, Jordan, are you saying that this is something that you kind of got the idea from hearing others doing this in other states? So this is something that seems fairly harmless and in no way can really be hurting anybody. You know, you know of other people that are doing this in other places, correct? Yeah, uh, it started in Oregon and then kind of just made its way across the states. There are other types of animal-based yoga too. You'll see like there's, I've seen bunny yoga, puppy uh-huh. yoga. Okay. Um, but we are the only full-time goat yoga business in Indiana. See, I love this. This is good old-fashioned American ingenuity at its finest. It's you coming up with something that you love to do and trying to figure out a better way that you can put a spin on it and making it your own and setting out and saying, I'm going to do this and succeeding at it if people would get the hell out of your way. Let's look at this. You've got yoga, which is a big, big business. It makes lots and lots and lots of people money. There are yoga instructors and yoga studios and yoga accessories all over the place. It's a big business. People love to do this to feel better about themselves, to help reduce anxiety and stress. It's an amazing business that a lot of people participate in. You don't want to just keep this all to yourself. You're also hiring out instructors, so you're sharing part of the pie with other folks. You're, you're giving people jobs. And on top of that, you're marrying it together with another one of your passions. You're a farm girl. You love animals. You found yourself accidentally owning some goats. And let's face it, who doesn't love these cute little goats, these furry, fuzzy little goat animals? They're amazing. Your animals are very cute. I've seen pictures. So you have married these two ideas together and you said, I think we want to do some goat yoga. This is fantastic. So you set out and you did this. You were offering these classes in a studio, in a clinic, where I'm sure it was probably a little cramped. And then COVID hit and you could have been shut down because People didn't want to come and be in a gym or workout or yoga type setting right next to each other. So they could have just said, okay, we're done. And you could have said, we're done and shut this down. But instead, again, you're thinking outside of the box and you say, wait a minute, we have a farm. I have lots of space. 
These goats live out on the farm. This is their natural habitat, their home. They love it out here. They probably feel more at ease out here. Why don't we take this out of the building and bring this out to the farm? That way, people can be spread out. They can social distance. We can still offer these classes. People can still come out and take part in this. And this is amazing. This is a great idea. Yoga is something that offers people a great way to relieve stress. And marrying that with the goats, it's a way to kind of make this a funny thing. It makes people feel good. It makes people laugh and smile. And it's really just a happy kind of go lucky kind of with, along with the name type of situation and it's so fantastic uh, I just I can't believe that anybody would stand in the way of this now being outside and being the fact that we are in Indiana you can't obviously have class all year round so seasonally speaking when do you offer classes during the year since moving out here it was just gonna be basically may through october okay so that's a pretty good chunk of the year that's pretty cool when do you offer classes do you offer them during the week do you offer them on the weekend are they during the morning during the afternoon during the evening are you doing this 24 hours a day classes usually were only held friday night like we would have what we called the sunset class usually would end right as soon as sunset ended and then we had classes Saturday mornings and then sometimes another sunset class on Saturday evenings but that was usually about it so essentially out of a seven day week you're holding classes like three days a week you're you're essentially holding classes on Friday Saturday and Sunday you might have a couple classes on Saturday and a couple classes on Sunday maybe one Friday evening, but this is not something that you're doing seven days a week. You're not holding classes for 18 hours a day or during the overnight hours. And the reason I'm asking all of this is I'm trying to kind of set this up as we're going along as like, how could this be bothering anybody? Why would this be a bad thing? You're doing this during normal business hours in a way that no one in any way could be affected by. That's why I'm asking all of these questions. So you're just doing this essentially Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it's essentially basically like an hour, hour and a couple minutes each class, right? Correct. So how long did you actually have the business out at your property, out on your farm? Um, we had done a couple last fall just here and there. Um, but we didn't really start doing them regularly until this summer. We start well, spring, I guess. We started in May, went all the way through until about August was when we ran into uh, zoning issues and being notified that we weren't zoned to do the goat yoga. Okay, I'm going to ask you a series of questions really quick just to kind of set some factual basis here, just so hang with me. Has anybody been hurt on your property ever since you've been in control of your property? Not even necessarily during goat yoga, but just on your property in general. Has anybody ever been hurt? Nope. Has anyone ever actually been hurt while at the goat yoga class? 
taxes? Nope. Let me ask you this. If you're driving by your property or walking down the street, or let's even go a step further and say you're one of your neighbors out in their yard, the neighbor that's closest to you, can you even tell that you have something called goat yoga going on? Would you even know that you're doing this at whatever time that you are having classes? Some of our neighbors that live closest to us said they never even knew when we were having classes because they could never tell. See, that's really interesting to me. That's really interesting to me. Okay, so has anybody that's ever attended any of the classes or have any of your neighbors or or any other citizens ever been bit by any of your goats or any of the yoga clients or you or anyone else that is part of this operation? Nope. Okay. Are there loud noises? Are people screaming? Are you guys shooting off fireworks, shooting off guns, doing drugs, having wild sex parties or anything else crazy like that? Definitely not. Okay. <laughs> And now, once again, I want to say you live on a farm, and I know I keep saying it like that, and I keep saying it strange for a reason, because I want to just make sure that we are letting people know that it's not like you're living in a ranch-style home in a neighborhood, and you can see like your city building just right down the street. You live out in the middle of the country in your county, and it is on a farm with acres and fencing, and you have animals. It's like a farm farm, correct, that you live on. It's not just a house with some grass and a dog. You actually live on a farm, correct? Well, we don't have a big red barn as much right. as we wish we did. <laughs> Uh, that's kind of what we are missing about the whole farm aspect. But we do have several houses for the goats and several goat pens. And uh, we have about 14 acres that are wooded. My mother owns 10 acres just down the road from us in which we grow our hay that we use for the goats. And it's baled. We have a farmer that comes out and bales it for us. And we breed goats that are registered through different organizations and are show quality goats. And uh, occasionally we have made things with the milk, but uh, we haven't had that many in milk at once to where we can do big things with goat milk. But sure. that is the plan for the future is to be able to do more with goat milk. Oh, that's also cool. That's 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 really cool. In my opinion, you're definitely a farm. I, I don't understand. I don't know how much more of a farm you could be. Uh, I also want to make sure that we let the listeners know that you're not doing this kind of like on the side, under the table, getting paid cash. In the eyes of the state of Indiana, through the Secretary of State's office, you are actually a business. You've went through all of the paperwork, all the documentation, and in the eyes of the state of Indiana, you are a legitimate business, correct? Yep, it's technically a limited liability corporation okay, or company. Okay, sure. 
And so you're not trying to build big structures on your property. You're not blaring loud music. Again, you're not trying to take away from anybody else's land, their property, their livelihood, their their experience living out in the county. You're not adding crazy or bad or toxic smells. You're not putting anybody in danger. Nobody has been harmed. And again, as you said, if you don't know that you are operating this goat yoga, if you were driving by, walking by, or lived next door and you weren't being nosy or someplace you didn't belong, you wouldn't know that you were operating goat yoga, right? Yeah, it, if people pass it, literally would just look like we were having a family gathering because we only had 20 people per class and I had never seen more than 10 cars per class. Okay. So All right. It's so. no different than just having your family over for sure. a gathering. Okay. So that's something to talk about just for a second. The vehicles. You said the most you'd ever seen at one time was 10 cars. Let's go crazy and say that you have 20 people show up along with your instructor and your vehicle and whoever else's vehicle may be there. Do you have enough room in your driveway and on your property that you can park these vehicles? without being a nuisance to others, without blocking their driveways or blocking their private properties or having your vehicles on their private properties or out in the roadway? I mean, can you successfully maneuver these vehicles around to where it is not a hindrance to anybody? Do the vehicles pose a problem or are you successfully able to park your customers along with anyone else in your driveway and on your property with no issue. Yeah, we actually have a driveway that has two entrances. So we park people in a grassy area, which was one of the variances we also had to apply for was to be able to do that. Oh my God, that's also crazy. Honestly, just crazy. But if it ever got full, we have at least probably 500 feet of driveway that had an entrance and we used to an exit to make the cars all face one way and flow in and out. All right, so you're going about your life, living life, working at your business, everything's going great, and then at some point this late summer, early fall, you receive an email and a phone call from somebody in Hamilton County, Indiana government. Who did you receive the email and phone call from? The director of the plan commission. <laughs> okay. All right. So the Hamilton County Planning Commission sends you an email and calls you and and the director says what? That they did an investigation and found we weren't zoned to conduct goat yoga classes and then goat snuggling, which we also have a nonprofit that called Goat Snuggles, which is also registered through the state as a nonprofit, mm. um, that were people that didn't want to do the goat yoga or couldn't afford to. We would do very discounted rates to where they could just come and hang out with the goats. And sure. that also was apparently not allowed. So that's the and, basis of what the email said. It didn't really go into much more detail than that. Did the email tell you what you could do if you could fight that, if there was a way to appeal? Or did it just basically say, hey, you're, you're out of luck. You can't do this. We conducted an investigation. You're not zoned. Sorry about your luck. Yeah, it did say that we would have to shut down. But also it did say that we 
could apply for a variance to do that and then gave the application attached to the email. Okay. All right. And so what were your initial thoughts? I was just surprised because I never thought that goat yoga wouldn't be considered agriculture. For the life of me, I, I cannot understand how a petting zoo could be considered agro-business, but goat yoga is not considered agro-business. I, I don't understand how, how they can say that, being the fact that you're on a farm with actual goats. Like, it's easy to see. That's crazy. It just blows my mind how easy they go about sending out these letters and emails and they can make these phone calls and they're like, okay, well, we're shutting your business down. You have a, a form to fill out there if you want to try to get a variance. They, It's almost like they let you know that it's done and you can try to jump through hoops, but it's going to be nearly impossible. And then it's like, click, and they go about their life and here you are in a tailspin. It just absolutely is disgusting how icky these local government officials can be. You would think that they're trying to help you and bolster you and create this job in the community and keep you happy and try to do what they can to help you in any way. But it's almost like, you know, they're... They don't care, and that's the big issue here, and that's what's so frustrating with this. So what was your next step? It was a lot of learning. I did a lot of reading because I don't have legal experience, like never had issues or had to do things with the county on that level. So I just felt like I was clueless and didn't know how or who to ask for help. So trying to fill out the application was a lot of like, oh, I hope I'm doing this right. And there was a lot of back and forth with the director of, oh, you need this. And then we were told for our two different parcels, even though they're right next to each other, we would have to do a variance for each and pay the application fee for each of them. So we ended up having to change and rework our whole process. And it was just a lot. How much is the application fee? Well, he had originally told us it was going to be three something, but... I think for one of them, it was 400 And then for the parking, uh, it was 100 and something. So right around 500 Wow. They, and then, yeah, they wanted another 500 for the other parcel, which we couldn't do. So we had to basically try and make everything fit onto where the land where we actually had the classes, which <laughs> kind of messed up the whole parking situation. Good Lord. And so l let me just get this straight. Your property, your farm is two parcels, which means they want you to fill out two applications in order for you to continue having this business out on your property and for you to utilize your property in the way that you want to utilize your property. They're wanting you to fill out two applications because you have two parcels and both of those applications are near $500 each. So you're talking about $1,000 
just to fill out the applications before anything's happened to try to fight to be able to have this business on your property so that you can use the property in which you pay taxes on and that you live on and that you take care of and maintain. They want you to pay $1,000 before anything has even happened and that they might and probably are going to tell you no on. And so they want you to fill these two applications out. And because they're shutting your business down and you don't have lots of other money coming in, you're scrambling. You didn't have the $1,000, so you tried to make it work with the one parcel, which kind of throws off your business plan a little bit, and it's all so chaotic. That is just so backwards. It's so wrong. It's so disgusting. It is so much overreach, and it's just not common sense. And again, folks out there listening, we elect these people who then put these people in these positions so that they can tell us how and when and what we can do on our properties like this. It is so disgusting. This is why I say elections have consequences and we must get involved. We must get active and we must get educated so that we can stop this from ever happening to anyone again. This makes me so, so angry. So you filled out your paperwork like they wanted you to fill it out. You paid your $500 and you're going to go up to ask for a variance so you can use your property in a way that you so choose that's not hurting anyone, that is actually providing a service to the community and allowing you to take care of that property, allowing you to eat and to put food on your family's table, and they are going to be so kind as to take your $500 and your application fee so that you can then go ask them if they will allow you to use your property. <laughs> Ridiculous. It's laughable. So after they were so kind to let you do all this, then what happened? Well, I was asked to give a lot more information than the application said they needed. So that felt like an uphill battle because then I had to create a business plan. And then it was also around $250 to put the notices in the newspaper. And then it was almost $100 after that to send out the notices to the neighbors because you have to send it certified and get return receipts. And then it was, I think, um, around 200 or something to... Uh, put a deposit on the signs, which would have been doubled if we had done both parcels because you would have had to pay all that twice. <laughs> wow. <sighs> so from the time that you filled the paperwork out until the hearing, what kind of time frame are we talking? What kind of time period? So when we were notified around the beginning of August, basically you have to have 22 days before the hearing in which you notify the neighbors. So it was far enough into August we had passed that deadline that we wouldn't be able to go to the August hearing. So um, we missed a whole month of revenue during still our busiest time because July and August tend to be our two busiest months. Sure. And then uh, 
the beginning of September, I made sure everything was in order because I wanted to be, I wanted to make sure we were good for this uh, hearing that was on September 22nd. So yeah, about two months it took us to do all this with lost revenue. God, that's just, that's so disgusting. It's so, so disgusting and it makes me sick to my stomach. So when was the actual hearing? Did you say it was September 22nd? I thought there was just the main zoning board hearing, which was September 22nd. But the week before that, I think it was September 14th or somewhere around there, you had the plan commission hearing and we didn't, my family and I, uh, we all did this kind of together because we're a big family unit and help sure. each other with everything. Mm-hmm. So we didn't really know what to expect when we went to the plan commission hearing because we weren't really even made aware of it until last uh, second. Sure. Um, so we kind of went there blindly. Um, but they basically, their purpose was to send a recommendation to the zoning board, whether it be a negative or positive one, and they ultimately gave a negative recommendation to the zoning board. So, (laughs) again, this is local government at its finest. So, this whole time, you were preparing for one hearing. Meanwhile, there's actually two hearings that you are not made aware of until right before time that you have to go. So, you show up and because you weren't really prepared for this, you didn't really know what's going on, I'm sure you had to be extremely nervous. I mean, forget for a second the surprise hearing that just popped up on you all out of the blue. You have to be nervous in the first place, thinking about the meeting that you are aware of, because this is your livelihood in these people's hands, and it could all go away just in the blink of an eye. And now, on top of all of that, you have a second hearing that you've got to go to, and you don't probably feel very prepared for this because you weren't preparing for it. That's crazy. Yeah, because I definitely feel like we weren't prepared, and their reasoning for the negative recommendation was that they didn't see how the parcel of land that we had chose to do the application for, which was only 1.8 acres, but then the parcel that's right next to it is 14 some acres, but they didn't see how 1.8 acres could be considered a farm. And that essentially said we weren't a farm and that was their reasoning for the negative recommendation. But your farm isn't that small little area. It's the actual (laughs) whole property, but they are looking at this without using any amount of common sense. So, of course, they're going to say, well, this one little parcel's too small to be a farm. They don't live on a farm. This is why I say common sense has to start winning out or we are doomed, folks. So let me get this right. Because these folks shut down your business and you're now not bringing money in during this time period, you didn't have just massive amounts of disposable money to throw at this. You didn't have an extra $500 to do both parcels. So you did your best. You filled out the application and you sent it in with your $500. You paid for the 200 some dollars for the newspaper and the 100 some dollars for the sign to put up in the yard, which is just crazy. All of that is insane. All again, so that you can 
have a business that doesn't hurt anybody on your own damn property. I, I, I just, I have to keep saying that because every time it boils my blood. And so because you turned in this application with the $500 and paid out all of the other extraneous money for this nonsense, and you didn't have an additional $500 to plop down on top of it for the other application for the other parcel, these idiots are looking at this one parcel and saying, well, there's no way this is a farm. We can't pass this through with a positive recommendation. This ain't no farm. I just ugh, I cannot wrap my head around this. Uh, you also mentioned something that they had to say about some kind of plan that the township uh, has, and that's also what went into their decision. Can you talk about that? Their reasoning was that White River Township, which is the township we're in, um, it wouldn't fit into the comprehensive plan because we weren't a farm and white river townships plan doesn't call for businesses even though it does say they want agribusiness but at that point in time with that hearing they did not recognize us as an agribusiness because we weren't a farm in their eyes okay so the reason they say that you're not an agribusiness is because they didn't recognize you as a farm that's (laughs) (laughs) That is insane. Okay, so the planning commission doesn't recognize you as a farm because the parcel was too small and they have no common sense. They give you a negative recommendation and that negative recommendation now goes on to the zoning board and you have a hearing there and what occurs then? We went to the zoning board hearing, which actually had one of the same people on it as was on the at the plan commission hearing um so my goal going in there was to basically convince them that we were an agribusiness we are a farm this is why like this is what we do we grow our own hay my together we have uh almost 25 acres of land on this road um and you know we have all these goats and we breed them and do this and that with them and um so they did eventually agree. The zoning board did agree that we were considered, could be considered an agribusiness. But then their issue was that they have five questions they need to answer in order to approve a variance. And they couldn't think of, and I honestly had trouble with it too, because I think it's an impossible question to answer, but they couldn't figure out why we wouldn't be able to have the goats without the goat yoga because the question is, what hardship would be placed on this property if the variance wasn't approved, but they're not allowed to take any financial considerations or so-called self-imposed reasoning to answer that, which basically makes it impossible because even though I didn't start the pandemic and close down things, I didn't give myself MS, their reasoning is, well, you could have found another property that was properly zoned which makes it impossible for anyone to get the variance because you can always say, well, you could have just moved it somewhere else if you can't take in any financial reasoning as to why we can't move it somewhere else. That is absolutely asinine. Again, no common sense. So then it was at this meeting where they say, we're not going to give you the variance, right? Correct, because they could only answer four out of the five 
questions. Okay, which is just, again, completely asinine. So it's here where you're told no variance, you have no business, you've had a business since 2018 in which you've been helping members of the community, you have hurt nobody, no one has been harmed by this in any way since last year. It's been on your property with no harm, no foul, no neighbors are hurt, no citizens are hurt, but now all of a sudden you're not in the right zoned area your farm isn't a farm wink 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 and you can't have a variance no goat yoga sorry about your luck is that basically right that's correct yes that's correct what would happen if you would say to hell with it i'm gonna go ahead and do it anyways uh and you would start back up what what did they tell you the penalty could be uh they never really told us specifically like this is what's going to happen but from my various entertaining reading material that i had to read throughout the process <laughs> um it did state that essentially you can be fined and then also if it gets to a point where you're still doing it they could ha charge you as a common nuisance charge the property owner for having a common nuisance I've just got to say, this is such bullshit. I, I just, this is absolutely crazy to me. So you're somebody that listens to what they're told, lives within the law, likes to follow the rules. You don't seem like a rule breaker or a hooligan or a heathen. You seem like you're a decent person that does what they're told and doesn't raise a stink and doesn't cause a commotion. You seem like you're a decent citizen within society. So you're told basically at this point that your livelihood is over, your career is over, your job, your business that you've created that you love is now done. It's 2021. This has been in business since 2018 and it's over at your property doing it the way that you want to do it and living your best life. No more promise of life, liberty and the pursuit of goat yoga. What are you thinking and what are you feeling at that moment? Um, Despair, honestly and that I was just uh, speechless. I honestly left the meeting bawling. I tried to hold out, but then I, I leaned over my arm and I was like, we have to go because I'm about to just break down. So as soon as we walked out of that room, I just started crying. Um, so because there were a lot of untruthful and hurtful comments from some neighbors that aren't even close in proximity to us. No, so. wait a minute. And, and so, so there were people, there are neighbors, there are some folks that showed up uh, to, to speak out against this business. Yes. Uh, what, what was their reasoning? Um, in no way can we be considered an agribusiness. We are a business plain and simple. That is an actual quote from the letter. One of them wrote, um, and that our property is, quote, unattractive and unkept, um, which every person that's come out is like, I don't know what they're talking about. It looks fine, and it looks like what you would expect a farm to look like. Um, and then also their argument was that if we were able to have businesses, have our business here, it would bring down property values, which I did show data of how that isn't fact. 
because I showed where other businesses in the same township as me, our property values have done nothing but increase and same as those homes that are next to the few businesses we do have in this township. And that also, if the board was to approve our variance, it would give way for all these other businesses to pop up. Uh And I was like, that's not true because they would have to do the same thing. And then her argument was, well, what's to stop another goat yoga business popping up here and there? And I was like, well, one, we've been in operation since 2018 and no one has tried to start another one uh, if that's what they wanted to do. And two, the board could easily say, well, no, we already have a goat yoga business, so that's why we're not going to approve this. Well, Which, you know, <laughs> heaven forbid someone else start another business and, and try to achieve the American dream for themselves and utilize their land the way that, you know, they, they so uh, choose to do. You know, obviously, if you live in an apartment in downtown Indianapolis or if you live in an apartment in in Muncie or any other city, you know, and, and your apartment is a 900 square foot apartment with no grass, you're probably not going to start goat yoga with 30 goats. But uh, you know, if you live on a farm and have the land and have the room, I feel like you should probably be able to do that. So, you know, you you had some neighbors that that spoke out and that were concerned about various other things that you know, as you've said, just you feel were kind of unfair or, or not or not truthful. Did you have any neighbors that were supportive of your venture? Yeah, it's interesting because every all of our neighbors who are the ones that everyone that I had to give legal notices to, meaning that their property is like right touched next up to against to yours. Yeah. yeah, only one of those out of I think it was nine was not in favor of us. And she, uh, did was one of the people that also wrote a letter against us, but, uh, all the others, they either wrote letters to the board in favor of us. And then, um, a couple of them showed up one guy, he just moved here and was there getting a variance so he could build his house close to closer to the road than is allowed. And he was like, I saw your business and, uh, I think it looks awesome. And I, want to be able to take my grandkids there. So he got up and spoke for us and we haven't never met him before then. Right. Um, But yeah, uh, the neighbors closest to us besides the one are all for us. And we're like, I think what you guys are doing is great and we need this. And I've never had any notice anything with you guys or had any issues with noise or traffic or anything. Well, so for those playing along at home, I just want to make sure that, you know, we're breaking this down. So basically, you're saying that there were approximately nine neighbors that their property touches up to or abuts your property that you had to give legal notice to. And of those nine, the majority, eight or so, were supportive or at least didn't care, and one had an issue. So, like, in this situation... You know, if we were voting, the majority would win, and the one person, you know, while it sucks for them, you know, that's kind of what the American system was built on. So even though all of that was taken into consideration, this board still said no. And essentially, you at this point are not allowed to use your property the way that you want to use it. 
And in reading the article that originally turned me on to this situation and hearing some of the other news stories about this, uh, and, and you made mention about it just a moment ago in passing, but you have a health issue. And I had heard that you said, you know, this is something that you're able to do with the health issue that you have, and it's something that you feel like you can do. You're not really sure what else that you can do at the time or what you'll be able to do later. And so you have said that, you know, you had actually thought about just saying, you know, kind of to hell with it. And if you didn't get the variance, you would just pack it in and file for disability. So have you thought any more about that? Or where does all of this stand now? Um, that's, I think, what the scariest part for me after they, I heard the no was like, what am I going to do? I mean, this is my only source of income. And in last year, January of last year, I was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, and I have major fatigue and um, other issues that come along with that to where I know I would not be able to function in a job like I used to have before I started this. Um, so I'd have to go on disability, and, you know, I was trying so hard to not do that and to be able to still make a living for myself even with my health issues. Um, and then also just the fact of trying to figure out how am I going to feed my foster child and take care of my family and all these goats that we have. And I think I, I just don't know. There's so much still unknown to everything because sure. I honestly haven't even had a second to stop and think like what happens next. We've been asked about like a, appealing it and it's an option that we're still considering um right now we've been able to rent out a space in tipton county at their their fairgrounds so we're finishing out the season there which is great because obviously trying to refund 150 people was going to be a big financial strain so we're thinking about probably doing a class once a month there until we get things figured out. But other than that, it's all still very unknown. That's crazy. I just hate the unknown, and I know what kind of stress that can be. And I want to talk about what you're currently doing and my thoughts on that, and I want to talk about where I think that you should go from here and give a little bit of my thought on this as well. But before we get into that, we do need to take a quick break. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the 171st episode of Perception is Reality. When we come back, Jordan and I will finish this conversation up sit tight we'll be right back what can give you a competitive edge in today's red hot housing market rocket can that's because rocket mortgage can give you a verified approval it could help your offer stand out rocket technology provides a rock solid verification of your income assets and credit giving sellers greater confidence in you go to rocketmortgage.com or call us today at 8338 rocket a verified approval is based on an underwriter's analysis of your individual financial information appraisal and title report call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender license in all 50 states and MLS consumer access number 3030 all right, folks, we are back. Episode 171, Life, Liberty, and the Pursuit of Goat Yoga. We are talking with business owner 
and freedom fighter Jordan Stevens. She is a citizen and business owner in Hamilton County, Indiana. Her business has been shut down. Her property rights have been stepped on by the overarching, overreaching, completely horrible and disgusting Hamilton County Planning Commission, Zoning Board, and Hamilton County government as a whole. And it's not just Hamilton County, let's be very honest. And they might have some very good people down there, but they also have some absolute absolute dweebs if this is going on as we all do let me be very clear this is a problem going on everywhere and before the break we were talking to jordan and she was talking about what they're currently facing what they've been looking at what they're dealing with and let me just highlight that real quick and then get into that what she's currently doing to make ends meet and to keep her customers happy and to do what she loves She's not doing this anymore on her property. She's following the law. I don't know that I would do that. I probably would just push back and I would tell them to come arrest me and we would fight it out that way. But she is loading everything up. She's going to another county where they will accept her and she is renting out a space and continuing this in a different county. So she's keeping her customers happy. She is making a little bit of money even though she does have lost income from all of this and she's trying to decide where she's going to go from here and I just want to break that down a little bit all right Um, I want to look at that because what she's having to do in order to keep her promises and live up to the expectations of her customers and to do what she loves and in order to be able to feed her family, and make ends meet. She's having to pack up all this material. I don't even know what would all go into that, but I'm sure it's not just like throwing the kid and the wife or husband in the car and saying, okay, let's go out for uh, you know, a quick ride, or I'm getting in my car and driving to the office for the day. No, no, she has to load up all of these live animals, these goats, Their food, water, and cleaning supplies, I'm sure, because they're now inside of a building. And she drives them out of their home, out of their comfort zone. She drives them into another county, leaving her county, and unloads them, puts them inside of a building. She has to do all of this with the yoga instructors coming there as well. Her customers have to drive to a new location, and they set up, they do what they do, then they have to tear down, clean up, and drive back home, and she's doing all of that instead of being able to wake up in the morning, drink a cup of coffee, step out onto her porch on her farm property, look at the goats over in the pen and say, I'll be out in a few minutes when the cars start pulling in so we can do goat yoga right here on our property like I want to. And not being able to do that is 
a problem, ladies and gentlemen, because this is not Hamilton County, Russia. This is not Hamilton County, uh, Iraq, or Afghanistan. This is Hamilton County, Indiana, in the United States of America, and she's not able to use her property in a manner in which she would like, and I think that that is absolutely disgusting. And just to think about all of the turmoil that she, the goats, and everyone else has to go through just to be able to make a couple bucks to have that hustle and still be a part of the American dream. First of all, I got to say props to you for being in that grind and being about that life. But I got to say, I, I know that means you have your fight about you and you have the fight inside you. And I got to say, girl, don't give up. You've got to fight this because we need to get these goats and your customers back to your property. And I want to help 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 you do that and i want the listeners to help 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 us be able to do that as well because let's face it she wants to do this you want to do this she wants to have this job and to be able to do what she can do and fight back against her illness and everything that's trying to knock her down she doesn't want to give up you don't want to give up she's saying like this is what i think i can do i'm good at this i like this i really think that there's a call for this my customers love it and I want to do this and I have the room to do this and I should be able to do this but everyone in my government saying no 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 you can't do it because you're not zoned accordingly we don't want you to do what you want to do on your land and you shouldn't be able to do that because we say so and we are the high and mighty government you know that's ridiculous let's face it folks she can do what she wants and fight for what she wants or she can pack it in and go on disability and she doesn't want to do that you've made it very clear here that that's not something that you want to do you would have done it a while back you wouldn't have had to go through all of this and pay the five hundred dollars out to fight this it's it's sickening that they put people in these positions let's face it it's not just you this is happening all over this country all over indiana all over all of the other states it's ridiculous and we have 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 to fight back against this because that's what being an american is let me show you something here because i bet i bet i bet i bet i can take a guess you went and presented your case and you talked and then the people that were against you talked or if there were folks there that wrote letters or someone had wrote letters that maybe weren't there those letters were read and i would say you guys presented a case that probably took a little bit of time because keep in mind these folks were fighting for what they feel is their life they're fighting for their livelihood so you guys were there and you present your argument to these boards during these hearings the the hearing that you prepared for and then the one that you didn't prepare for because you didn't know about it until right before i would say you got up and you spoke for a good amount of time 30 40 45 50 minutes and what's most disgusting is I wasn't there, and I guarantee you, though, that I can just about guess that no matter how long you spoke, 
it only took them a few minutes to make this decision. It wasn't like they took a great amount of time in deliberating. It wasn't like they took a long amount of time to go over various legal arguments or various codes or what they should do to maybe help you or how they could help grow businesses in the community. They listened to your argument and who knows how much they actually listened to. I would say they probably had their mind made up beforehand and however long you were there and you presented, when it came time for them to vote, they only took a few minutes. Am I correct? How long did you present your side to the board? We probably talked for over an hour to them. Okay. Trying to give them all the facts we had out. Uh, sure. For the plan commission, it was probably only about 30 minutes that we took up. But I think the, the zoning board hearing started at 8, and we didn't get out of there until after 10. Okay. And how long did it take them to decide once you had given them all of your information and everyone who wanted to speak or once all the letters had been presented or what had happened, how long did it take them to, to vote and make the decision to end this business of yours? Less than five minutes. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> essentially, the first part was they were like, well... I agree that it's an agribusiness and then they kind of just left it up in the air and then their legal person said we need to have a yes or no for the record. So then they took the vote and it was four to one. I mean, they spent like a second discussing. They're like, oh, I agree it's an agribusiness, but they just kept saying we can't get past this question of what hardship it would be placed on the property um, if we didn't approve it and then um, someone else the one person who voted yes said well if we approve this can't we add stipulations to it and they were like yeah we would be able to and then another person was like even though the white river comprehensive plan calls for agribusiness we don't have yet a means to regulate it and that's what we're trying to work on and upcoming years is adding to it um, and then they took a vote and it was the four to one. See, 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 that's how it always goes. It's because they don't really know what they're doing. They don't really care. This is why, folks, we have to say elections have consequences. We have to elect good and decent people to the commissioner's office, to the county council, to mayor's offices, to city councils, and to every other office that we can think of because it's these positions that appoint these boards and commissions. And if we have good people in elected positions, then we can be sure that they're going to appoint good people to the boards. And if they don't, we can call them out on it and we can call them on the carpet and tell them, yo, we're not going to elect you next time. You need to fix this. And when we have boards that are overreaching and out of control and not paying attention and not showing up and people are not attending the meetings like they should and they're absent because, again, they don't really care about being there or voting or anything. They just care about being able to say, yeah, I'm on a board. Then we are able to actually hold somebody accountable. And that's what we have to start doing because these people can ruin lives 
in just the matter of seconds without any real thought or care. And it's absolutely something that we have to fight against. And we must start fighting in each and every community. And we can't wait another year, two years, three years, four, five years. We have to start today. We have to start right away. We have an election next year, and we can start making a difference right now, but we have to start. We cannot wait any longer. How many more people are we going to let these boards ruin their lives? How many more people are we going to let these boards, these commissions, change the outcome in their entire existence because they are sitting on boards they don't belong and these citizens are going in front of people who just truly don't care. Folks, I, I know I'm being really negative right now because I am on fire with this. Because there are good people on various boards. I understand that. But in my, <laughs> in my experience, there are far more bad than good. And it's, it's become an epidemic of, of this type of thing, and we have to start cleaning them away. And the only way we can do it is by going to the ballot box in May and November, each and every election. And we need to go in there educated. We need to know who the right people to vote for are, and we need to make the right decision. And we need to tell the folks that we know because we have to stop this. So where we stand today, Jordan, is you are still keeping the business alive. You're keeping the dream alive. You're traveling with your goats and everything that you need to another building in another county. And you're keeping your customers happy. You're continuing to do what you love. What is your next step? Where do you go from here? Because I'll tell you what I would say if I were you, or if I were advising you, I would tell you, you've got to fight. You have to appeal this. You need to do every single possible thing that you can do. You need to reach out to an attorney, maybe a couple of attorneys. You need to write letters to all of your elected officials in your county, to the county commissioners, to the county council. You need to write letters to your state representative to your state senator, to the United States representative and United States senators from Indiana. You need to reach out to all of these people, your friends, your family, your customers, anybody that's on your side and fighting for you and fighting for this business needs to start sending letters, needs to start making phone calls, needs to start sending emails, needs to start utilizing social media, and you need to start going to meetings, and you need to get them to help you to change this and to allow you to utilize your property the way that you want to. No one has to be hateful. No one has to be crappy. No one needs to be cursing and going crazy. They can simply be polite and they can be firm. There's nothing wrong with setting a tone and saying, hey, we are upset. But you can be polite 
and be stern and say, we need something done. We want to comply with the law. If the law says we can't utilize the land the way that we want to, we need your help to be in compliance with the law, or we need the law to fit to where private citizens can use private property the way that they so choose as long as it's not hurting the community or others around and yours clearly isn't you need help and there are elected officials who are out there working getting paid tax dollars to do stuff just like this and you guys need to be reaching out to them i tell you I will reach out to these people on your behalf. I will be sending emails. I will be making phone calls. I will be sending letters. And I will be finding out what these folks are willing to do to make this right. I will be asking them if they want to come on air. I will not let them skate on whatever's going on here. I want answers, and you need to demand answers as well. Listeners, this is a call to action for you as well. I will do what I can in the next couple coming weeks to get a list to put someplace on my social media, so you'll probably have to go to my social media to get this, but it will be on Facebook, Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook, or facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. There will be a post that will have a list of the elected and appointed officials from Hamilton County where you will be able to get their contact information and and, or look these elected officials up yourself and look these appointed officials up yourself. You can use the internet and do the same work that I can. I will compile it for you, but this is a call to action for the listeners out there that feel driven to help in this situation. Please reach out to these officials and say, what can be done here? Jordan, have you guys thought about setting up a GoFundMe account in case you need to pay for an attorney or you need to pay for any other kind of fees or applications in the appeals process? We haven't. I was actually asked that recently. But we do have a donation page on our website, our main website. There's a spot you can donate. What is that website so people can donate if they are so inclined? HappyGoatLuckyYoga.com HappyGoatLuckyYoga.com Kind of like the phrase, happy-go-lucky. HappyGoatLuckyYoga.com I will also put that page in the description of this episode so people can click there and i'm asking listeners if you feel so inclined go there and donate to help in this fight you know this is just so bizarre that we would have local elected officials and local appointed officials that would be working to try and squash a dream of a business person, a small business person in the community, rather than trying to show them how to achieve their dreams, rather than trying to work on how to get them in a place where they need to be. They just simply say, It's done. We don't want to listen. We've made the decision in just a few minutes. It's done. And then they go about their lives. That seems so strange because the whole point of local government 
past the police protection, fire protection, and repairing and, and plowing roads and all of that, and trash removal, is trying to bring economic development into a community. And I know, I know, I know, everybody is waiting for the glory days of the factory. Everyone is waiting for some 3,000 job factory to just drop off into their backyard. Everyone thinks that Jeff Bezos is going to open the next Amazon super factory in their community. And that's all great when that happens. But let me tell you, in times like this, we need to be hoping for homegrown businesses because that's what takes the people in your community and helps push them a little bit further over the line. This is a good thing that you guys squashed and tried to kill. And it's just reprehensible. You know, I started this, I was, what, that's three years ago. So I was 25 and I had absolutely no money. I was a maid cleaning houses. Um, so I started this all from scratch. I never got any business loans or anything to do startup stuff. This is something I have literally put my blood, sweat, and tears into to just have it taken away like that. And it's and it wasn't hurting anyone, and it was helping the community, especially now when, you know, almost everyone has mental health needs going on just yeah. because of the world right now. And it was a way for people to escape for an hour of their day and just have a great time and relax and forget about their worries. And, you know, we've served over 2,000 people. Um, and I only two people have left unhappy. And those were people who I think could never be happy with anything. <laughs> so, you know, this was something that we were doing that was so good for people. And we had, with the nonprofit portion, we had done... We had helped kids that had uh, handicaps. Recently, we um, over the summer, we had um, goat visits from a mental health center that was helping uh, teens that had eating disorders. And it's just so sad to see that this is something that is being taken away from the community. And the community has expressed that they're not happy about it. So I do appreciate that the community has like come to our defense in that sense. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's a great thing. And that's the sense of community that, that I definitely preach to the listeners here. And, and that's what we need. I, I think it's great. I think what you're doing is great. And I think getting this story out is great. And I'm so, so happy that you responded back to me and that you were willing to come on here. Is there anything that you feel like we need to cover that we haven't talked about or anything else that you would like to add before we wrap up? There also was a point that during um, both hearings that they tried to almost tell us that we weren't even going to be allowed to have goats. And because they saw that 1.8 acres and they were like, how many acres do you need per goat? And they're like, uh, oh, it's 20 per acre. And I was like, well, we have 27, but only 16 are on that 1.8 acres. The others are on in different pens on the other 14 acre part. And then, um, and then after that, they tried to say there was something about a three acre rule needed to have farm animals. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but also this land, if there is some three acre rule, they would have never zoned agriculture. And if they made that after it was zoned agriculture, then 
it should be grandfathered in anyway. Yeah, right. This house was built in the eighties, so I don't know. But that was a little <sighs> concerning, but luckily it was figured out. But I will say they also did try to take away my goats at one point during the hearing. <laughs> That's that is nuts. And and I you know, I'm I'm surprised that, that they they didn't do something stupid like that, saying I mean, to come out and say that the reason you're not allowed to have this business is because you don't have the variance because you're not an agro farm. And the reason you're not an agro farm is because they don't consider you a farm. I'm surprised they didn't try to do that. Uh, I'll be really honest. I'm surprised they didn't do that. So I'm happy that they didn't do that. I'm happy that you get to have the goats there and that you at least in this time get to brainstorm and, and be able to go someplace else to to at least offer your classes to the people who've already paid and uh, give yourself enough time to think of something that you need to do. I would say, please, you don't know me from Adam. Please, please fight this. Uh, appeal this. Do what you need to do. If it's a, if it's a money issue, put out a GoFundMe. You know, I know um, that that sometimes it's harder to ask for help and hard to do that. But people put those out for the most ridiculous reasons. And if ever there was a real legitimate reason, this would be it. Uh, definitely, I would keep pushing your, your page for donations there as well. And please, I'm asking for the listeners. She's not doing this. It's me. Please, listeners, if you feel that your government or their government or any government is is overreaching and you understand how out of control and crazy this is, even if it's a couple dollars, go to uh, happygoatluckyyoga.com and donate. Uh, keep watching. Obviously, if they... Uh, create a GoFundMe. I will share that to my social media, and uh, you'll you'll be able to look for that there at uh, Facebook.com forward slash Bilberry three one eight or Christopher H Bilberry on Facebook. You also have a Facebook page, correct? Yeah, which is we just have Happy Facebook Go and Instagram. Okay, so you have you have some social media, Facebook and Instagram, and that is also Happy Goat Lucky Yoga on on both of those accounts as well. Yep. I will I will also link those in the description. Well, very good. Uh, Jordan, I have had a, a pleasure talking with you and having you on. Uh, we're going to continue following this. This is absolutely crazy. It shows how backwards the government can be. And now is the time to say enough. Jordan, it was great talking to you. Please keep us posted. If, if anything changes, if we're able to uh, get something going or, or you guys are able to overcome this, I would love to have you back on. I'd like to come down there and see your setup uh, and and might take a class. I'd be interested to, to see what that's like and, and see your goats. And you guys are always welcome back here uh, anytime. And uh, I want to thank you for being with us. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. And I appreciated all your insight and for taking the time to listen to my story. Absolutely. My pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been speaking with Jordan from Happy Goat Lucky Yoga. Please check out her page and her website. The website is happygoatluckyyoga.com. You can go there and donate. You can also find them on Facebook and Instagram at happygoatluckyyoga.com. 
on those pages. And if you're in the area and interested in checking it out, you can do that as well. Again, that's Happy Goat Lucky Yoga out of Hamilton County, Indiana. Check them out and help them in this fight. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is all for this episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this. Please, please, please share the show with everyone you know. This is an important episode because it's about property rights. And even though this is not our fight today, it might not be your fight tomorrow. It will be our fight one of these days. And if we don't stand up now, who will stand up for us then? Folks, thank you for tuning in. Please share the podcast with everyone you know. We can be found on all major podcast hosting sites. Tell them to look for us by name, Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Tell them to look for us by the home link, perception.fireside.fm, and have them look for us on social media at Christopher H. Bilbrey on Facebook or facebook.com forward slash Bilbrey318. Until next time, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, God bless, and I'll look forward to talking to you all again real soon. You've been listening to Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey. Bilbrey. Tune in, like, and subscribe at perception.fireside.fm. Hook up on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Bilbrey318. And on Twitter at PISRBilbrey. Email khbilbrey at gmail.com. Or get off your butt and call the show at 765-546-9796. Till next time, remember, perception, perception is, is reality. Reality. This has been Perception is Reality with Christopher H. Bilbrey, where we aim for better government through citizen involvement.